friends, and welcome back to the podcast. It was just what I can only describe as a 10 out of 10 day today. The sun was shining. Not a cloud in the sky. Actually, that's probably a flat out lie. I didn't check for clouds. I wasn't out there cloud gazing. That's... Now, I'm all for hobbies. You know I am. But cloud watching will never be one of them. Um, there's many reasons for that. One, I don't take direct love to lying on the grass. Okay? Now, I know you could lay a blanket down if you were cloud watching. But just the idea of laying down, making complete contact with the grass, including my hair. That's the crucial part. My hair on the grass is disgusting. Okay? Um, that's never my thing. Also... Staring up and cloud watching means that you're staring up into the sky, therefore into the sun. Ouch, my eyes already hurt. You know what I mean? And uh, last and most importantly, it's boring as fuck, right? So I did sit and see some people. I think that they were probably tanning or relaxing, but it looked like cloud watching and that's just embarrassing. On the hill beside the parking lot. Now, I understand there's not a ton of green space on campus, but... Is this an activity that we need to be doing on a Wednesday afternoon? And does it need to be something I have to pass in order to get to my vehicle? No. I don't think so. Like, go put your shirt back on and go back to class. Because you should be in class. Uh, it's a Wednesday. Um, I had three classes today. And you sat on a tiny hill in your bikini, and I'm just wondering, uh, are we the same? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump to it telling people right away, but that just kind of made me feel a little bit weird. Um, because, like, you don't need to be tanning on campus. Uh, anyways, uh, let's jump into the major events of the past, what is, two weeks, I guess, since I recorded a podcast, things that happened to me. Um, first thing that happened to me is I was yelled at, um, at an en route. Now, <laughs> en routes are legendary because it's, especially during the pandemic, they're one of the only things that are actually, like, open that you can go into. And when I'm traveling long distances, that's a dream. So I go into en route to get, um, a coffee. And it's just, I'm so peaceful. I'm such in a peaceful mo mode? Mood? I've been jamming, right, for the past two hours, and I just need a little bit more of a caffeine boost before I finish my full concert set. And so I get into this en route, I'm in the line to Hortons, and I'm minding my own business, and I pay, and I'm waiting for my drink, and the poor lady worker turns, um, looks at the guy behind me and goes, uh, excuse me, sir, can you put on a mask? And that's when I proceed to turn around and realize the man who's standing no more than three feet behind me has no mask on, um, is then looking directly at me because the lady's behind me and proceeds to tell her that, oh, I'm exempt. So immediately I burst out laughing because that is only my first instinct when someone is being a massive idiot and dare I say bigot. And... It was genuinely one of those moments where I was like, hey, oh, he he must be joking. Because if he's being sincere, um, he's delusional, right? So, like, there's some of, there's part of you that just kind of hopes it's a joke. But then if it's a joke, if little Johnny's playing a joke, why, why is he joking around about the mask thing? Um, and so the worker goes, can you just please put one on? And he's like, I'm exempt. Um, so I laugh. He turns, um, looks me dead in the eyes and says, is my health funny to you? And it was quite a loud tone. What someone say is a yell. I took it as a yell. Um, at that moment, and you know me, I am not afraid of a screaming match in the on route, right? I could handle that. But at the same time, I was in such a good mood and the girl is handing me my coffee and I just thought, you know what, Sydney? 
let's just zip our mouth and walk out the door because I don't think that this guy is so delusional that it's really not worth me arguing with him because he'll never see my point. Now, that brings me to uh, almost the point of the entire episode is getting into an argument with someone or having a disagreement with someone and it does not fucking matter how much you explain it or how much you perceive to tell your side of the story. You just know that they will never, ever, ever, ever change their opinion and or see it from your side. And that to me is genuinely the most aggravating thing in the world because I don't even care if we're there's very, very few things that I would not listen to somebody else's side of the story or somebody else's argument and I would simply, like, just tune out. There's very few things in life because I think that, one, if you're somebody who is a master debater... Like myself, actually, I'm not a master debater, but I am a passionate person, so that can be displayed in debates or arguments. It's important to hear the other side's, other person's side of the story, because then you can then use their points against them. Now, that might seem like a bit of a logical fallacy, and it's not. Um, but in certain arguments, per se, like, a pro-choice or pro-life argument. When I have that argument with people, which I don't have very often because I don't surround myself with people and or, you know, initiate those conversations with people who consider themselves pro-life. But here's the thing. You can listen to them all you want, but at the end of the day, you just gotta stop, look them dead in the eyes and say, this isn't an argument about pro-choice and pro-life. This is an argument of pro-choice and anti-choice, right? Because if we're debating something like, do you like pizza or do you hate pizza? Uh, they're two of the opposite opinions of the same thing, right? So this discussion is, do we think that women should be allowed to choose to get an abortion? That's the argument. The argument is on the basis of the side of the human being, sorry, I shouldn't say woman, the human being, a person who is, you know, um, pregnant, which I don't like that. Well, never mind. Anyways, the argument is whether or not that those individuals should have the choice to get an abortion or not. That's the argument is the choice. So you either think that they do, they should have the choice. Or you think that they shouldn't have the choice. That's the argument. It's not pro-choice, pro-life. I hate that. I hate that. I hate people say I'm pro-life. Okay, but like, no, you're not. Because that's not even in the argument. I understand the premise of the fact that you are saying that you are pro-life because you don't want the fetus to die. But that contradicts itself when you're sat making that argument and sacrificing the life of the individual who is pregnant. Right? Are we on the same page here? I'm not, I don't think anybody on the, listen, I did not mean to jump into a pro-choice, pro-life argument, but for those of us who are pro-choice, it's not a, oh my God, abortions are fabulous. Let's all go get them. That's not, that's not the fucking point, right? Nine out of 10 pregnancies are, uh, 99 out of 100 pregnancies, uh, unwanted pregnancies are avoidable, right? So let's start at the source. Let's, first of all, teach our children sex education because the sex education that I received in the Catholic education system was essentially, this is a condom, this is also birth control, but abstinence. Right? I've had this, I feel like I've had this discussion on the podcast before, but it starts with that education. And not just education in school, but in your home. Right? Because when something is unavoidable, no, 
what am I even fucking saying? If something is avoidable and it's something that serious, as a parent, you should be taking every step to ensure that this does not happen with your child who does not have a fully developed brain or and or understanding of what the consequence of that situation is. Because although uh, abortion is an option, and it should be an option for the rest of time, and I hope to fucking God it is, then that's not really always something that people can bounce back from. An abortion is something that can have a lot of mental effects on the individual that has it. And it's still a serious procedure that has many repercussions behind it. And so I am 100% in agreement with the anti-choicers on premising the entire argument on education first and doing everything that we possibly can to avoid the situation. Now, back to the 10% or the 1% that is completely unavoidable. And I don't want to get into a deep conversation on rape, um, but it's a possibility and it happens in our world every fucking day. So the nerve of somebody to go up to someone who has been raped, who has been through that sort of trauma that I hope to God you all haven't been through and tell them that they do not have the right to get an abortion. It isn't a religious issue. That's a moral issue. And hey, buddy, you're on the wrong side of it, right? Because it's a fetus. I'll say that one more time. It's a fetus. It's not a baby. And in every other aspect of our daily lives, there is not one situation where another individual can stay attached to my body for life without my consent, right? If you listen to this podcast, needed to be surgically attached to me at, I don't know, the elbow to survive. And that was the only way you survived if you were attached to my elbow at all times. I have 100% right to say, get the fuck off my elbow. This is my body and I have the choice for you to not be attached to it. Right? That's my choice as an individual. I'm sorry for your passing, but it's my choice to not have you attached to me in order to live. Right? That's simple bodily autonomy. Right? That's, that's, that's something that's, you know, been written in the human rights and has not changed for a while. Uh, you know, so to take that, no one ever talks about that. Well, cause it's a situation that doesn't happen very often. But if that can't happen, if a full fledged interactive human being in our society cannot be attached to me for the purpose of their livelihood, because that's my right, then neither does a fetus. Right? And whether or not the moral issue lying within the act of abortion is something that I do think can be discussed, but that's not what we're going to talk about. 
because I'm not a scientist and I don't know the full details of it. But what I'm saying is, if you think you're pro-life, you're not. You're anti-choice. You're telling every woman and every human being with a fucking uterus that you don't think that they have the right to bodily autonomy. You are disregarding them as a human being. You are removing their ability of free will. And you, my friend, or not my friend, have no right to do that, religiously, reasoned, or not. Sorry. But your religion is your religion. Your religion and the state are separate for a reason. Your religious beliefs shouldn't have effect on human rights issues and also your politics. This technically can be categorized as a political issue. In my mind, is a political issue? No, it's a moral issue. That's what I consider a lot of things. I think that right now, in our modern society, we get away with being disgusting human beings by categorizing our political decisions or political issues as just that when they're really moral issues. Right? It's not politics. And politics isn't just, shouldn't be something that's just out there and something you have to decide and like, uh, whatever. Your political decisions are affecting human beings in every right. And I know I talked about this last week, but I emphasize it again. I emphasize it three times and I emphasize it four times and I emphasize it five times. Reevaluate your politics because they're not politics. They're your morals. And right now, that's not looking too good for you. What also is not a good look is, um, was me in the Tim Hortons drive through lineup when I saw a man in a, what I could only imagine, 1998 maroon Chevy truck that looked like a mess with a fucking Trump sticker on it. First of all, it's 2021. The election has come and gone. The fraud is proven not to be there. Why do you still have the campaign sticker on any of your things when the campaign is non-existent? Secondly, buddy, we're five hours to the closest border. Right now, you're sitting in a goddamn tin building called Canada where you can't really leave the country for any personal reasons or dare I say a fun time so what are you doing here because I thought that we had sorry he was a, an American license by two I thought that we had stricter laws at this point on our borders it's concerning to me that there is an American in the country um and with his truck he clearly crossed the border he didn't get on a plane so that's concerning and secondly this man got out of his car to yell at the person in front of him for god knows what reason because i had my window up because again this was <laughs> this is the same day as the anti-masker too um so I was already, again, still not in the mood and not ready to take on this guy because he, his truck simply, although was dingy, rusty, and nasty, could have knocked down my 2013 Hyundai Accent. <laughs> so I was not really going to take it to risk my car right now, considering he could have just backed up into it and then told the police that I rear-ended him and the fact that he was a white male gives him uh more believability to the police which is another issue woo we deep dived deep um but moving on from the trump sticker i've been having a personal issue um and i would just love your guys' advice on how to solve it 
But I have a deep fear, which I think will be a forever fear, of Canadian geese. Now, I know what you're thinking. Stop laughing at me, okay? If you've ever been within five feet of two geese, you know that those motherfuckers will chase you and attack you if you get too close. And it's not like it's a, a fucking seagull. You get too close to a seagull, he's up, up, and away. He's Mary Poppins out of that shit, right? You get close to a geese, he's con for the jugular. Now, I've been having an issue because outside of my room, like, uh, out my window, there's like a little bit, a ledge, like five feet down, and every day at 5 p.m. or in and around there, these two geese land on that ledge and squawk louder than anything I've ever heard before in my life. First of all, it startles me. Second of all, it's damn right annoying and continues for about 30 minutes before they get up and go away. And you guessed it. They use that ledge to um, release some bodily functions. So I can't even open my window because it smells like geese shit. And that window is my only salvation to the elements because my apartment is at a permanent 24 degrees. My apartment is Fort Lauderdale. And my only escape for any sort of air vent quality is the one one by one foot window in my bedroom that when I open smells like a theme park that's been abandoned for three years and covered with grain. That's right. Geese City. Now that's not my only problem with these two geese. Every time... I go on a nice little stroll around campus. I go for a walk. Just a brisk, a brisk couple of steps. Get the legs warm. These geese are somewhere along my route on the sidewalk. So I look like a fucking lunatic taking a ten feet. I have to walk ten feet outside the perimeter of the sidewalk. So that I'm gliding, I'm giving the geese these space because I don't want to fuck with the geese. I look like a lunatic getting off the sidewalk, walking 10 feet to my left. Right? I'm walking, 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 90 degrees, 10 feet out, 10 feet forward, and then 10 feet back to the sidewalk. So I do an outside perimeter walk of the sidewalk because I don't want these geese to attack. Now, this isn't a one-time issue. This isn't a twice-time issue. This isn't even a thrice-time issue. This happened for the sixth time on my sixth walk. Okay? Um, I don't want to sound dramatic, but I'm kind of missing the winter months where these geese were in Mexico. Because honestly, they're terrorizing my life and I know, I fucking know, they're the same two geese. Couldn't tell them apart from any other geese, but I know from the smug look on their fucking faces, they are truly the same motherfuckers. So, if you guys have any tips, if there's any sort of, I wonder if there's geese spray. (laughs) I wonder if I could find me some sort of geese repellent. I don't want to aggravate them. Like, you know that um, mist they have for the bees? Where it doesn't aggravate the bees, it, it sends the bees to sleep or something, or lullabies them? I need that for the geese. So if anyone could send me the link for that, that would be lovely. Um, another thing I found extremely disturbing on TikTok this week um, was the notification that um in 2019 which this has happened two years ago but i didn't even know this was happening until it got dug back up um back in 2019 victoria's secret was under some terror um because they were kind of 
being questioned for why they never have anybody but a size negative zero walking the runway. You know, Victoria's Secret's already got into some trouble um, when they flat out said that transgender people could not sell the fantasy of the Victoria's Secret runway models, which is just disgusting. Um, but what's even more disgusting is the fact that in 2019, amongst these questions of, uh, their lack of diverse bodies on the runway, they came out and said, oh, no, 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 don't worry, world, we do have a, and I put this in air quotes, plus size model on the runway this year. They said, we have a plus size model. Her name is Barbara Palvin. And uh, I don't know if that name rings a bell for you. It does for me because she is dating um, Dylan Sprouse, the somewhat normal of the Sprouse twins. And I know what this girl looks like. So I'm reading this like, I know what this bitch looks like. I'm like, plus size, she is far from. Um, And I was correct considering she is and i'm reading this off of the original article a size four um excuse me uh pardon could i get that again a size four the last time I checked, normal sizes run from about a 0 to a 14. And your plus sizes don't even start till typically around size 16. But our girl Barb is a size 4, and therefore plus size enough for Victoria's Secret. Now if that if everything the Victoria's Secret has pulled over the years, if that is not the final straw for me to never step foot in a fucking Victoria's Secret again, are you kidding? I didn't even, I don't even know the last time I stepped into a Victoria's Secret because that place looks like a sex dungeon. Now, that might sound dramatic, but the last thing I want to go do is walk into a, a store that's covered in hot pink and black lace and get some perfume or some nasty-ass, uncomfortable underwear that I'll never wear because it's probably for Barbara's size 4. That is such bullshit. What the fuck are you teaching people? Right? They run the biggest, I guess, family, I don't say family-friendly lingerie show, but, like, the Victoria's Secret um, lingerie show is huge. Or at least used to be. It's like, it's like a runway show that is, you know, recorded and seen all over the world. And you pull this shit to an entire generation who, like, look up to these people is disgusting. What do you, what do you want to be teaching the kids? Do you want to be teaching the kids to, to starve themselves, to look like Barbara and still be considered plus size? Hey, Victoria's Secret, go fuck yourself. You're disgusting. And genuinely, all I want to do right now is punch you across the face. Just fucking saying. But in that um, same TikTok, the girl was talking about, because she was a model, she was talking about how when she started modeling, her modeling agency suggested to her that in order to, you know, bring down her size, um... They recommended removing her two lower ribs. Her ribs. Now, I'm not a scientist, but from what I know about the ribs, they're sort of important. They sort of protect a couple of organs that are kind of crucial to surviving. But this girl was like, yeah, you probably don't know it, but some of, like, the biggest models have removed some of their ribs. Like, I literally wished I was lying to you guys. And that shit's, and that shit's 
airbrushed and photoshopped and put on the fucking shelves for us all to read and go, oh, I wish I was Barbara Pelvin. But I'll never be Barbara Pelvin because I think I will never, hopefully have to, remove any of my ribs. I'm so sorry, but that's not a procedure I'm going under for a little beauty alteration. Botox? Okay. I'm not going to get Botox, but I understand why people get them because the beauty standard is ridiculous. Rib removal? Should it not be on the list of things we can do? Oh, genuinely, like, I literally want to cry from laughing at how dumb that is. And, um, what I also, I'd like to, you know me, American politics keeps me entertained. And, um, I ran to this fun little article in the New York Times that was released back in 2017 when everyone was being sworn into the government uh, after the 2016 presidential election. And there was an interview on CNN um, between an American politician named Roy Moore, Moore, who is extremely Southern and... I mean, full offense when I give you this presentation, this short monologue of his speech on CNN. And this was over an issue, um, when a, um, a, um, I don't necessarily, I think it was just a congressperson swearing in and she, um, was Muslim and he insisted that she could not um, swear in to the United States. And this is my recreation of the clip. I could share it with you, but I believe my rendition is better. <clears throat> I, I just, I, I can't say because, you know, she cannot swear in to the United States of America, the government. She cannot swear into the government because she is Islam and therefore she does not believe in the Christian Bible and therefore cannot swear on the Christian Bible. I'm so sorry, but I lost the accent completely. <laughs> that might have been genuinely the worst thing I've ever done. And I did an audition for To Kill a Walking Bird in a southern accent. Sorry for that loud noise. But that's all I can give you guys. He said, you know what? This this girl cannot be sworn into the American government because she um, is not a Christian and therefore cannot swear in on the Christian Bible. Uh, the, <laughs> the guy who, uh, you know, was running the interview said, sir, you know that you don't have to swear in with a Bible, with a Christian Bible. And he was like, well, I swear in with the Christian Bible. I swore in with the Christian Bible this year and last year. And he was like, yeah, you can do it. And sure, every single one of our presidents has. But it's not a necessity. You could swear on any religious text. In fact, it does not even need to be a religious text at all to take the oath. Now... As much as that guy was just absolutely embarrassed on national television, that absolutely sparked my interest. And although I will never be a politician, I started to wonder if I did, what would I use to take my oath? Right? What would be instrumental to me that would be so important that I would swear on it. That I would—I don't even know what they swear. They're swear the oath that they'll protect their country or something. I don't fucking know. It's not kept. Anyways, so I've compiled a list <clears throat> over the past couple of weeks. Um. Oh, my brain short circuited. Um, but a collection of things. This is just having you know popped into my head. I threw it down. This is again. No offense. I'm not meaning this by any offense. Um, 
that you may be questioning that later on in this segment, but let's just jump right in. The first thing, the first thing that came to mind was, uh, a copy of the Berenstein Bears, uh, because of its controversy over Berenstein or Berenstein, and because it was a large part of my childhood, the books and also the TV show, um, so uh, depicting just the most beautiful classic American family. I thought that the Americans would love that, specifically the In the Dark copy, which I don't know if you guys remember that one, but it's the only one I remember where they had a bad dream, um, and this whole situation would be a bad dream, so I thought that would be working well. Um, second option would be um, Twilight, actually the entire box set, not including New Moon. Uh, I've talked about this before. New Moon is a piece of trash. It belongs in a garbage can that is on fire. And, um, but the box set, I would bring in the DVDs, but since I've never read the books, and I just thought books would be more appropriate, so I decided to go with Twilight, the books, the box set, taking out New Moon, and since the box set comes in a box, and there would be a, a missing space, right? I actually have a t-shirt of uh, the Eclipse movie, and it's just a giant picture of Robert Pattinson as Edward, and so I thought it'd be kind of cool if instead of taking that new one book out, I folded up that shirt and put it in there just to make it feel more space or roomy in there, or I could be wearing the shirt. I thought it would look really cute under a blazer, um, and I just thought that would be kind of cute, kind of fun. Um, third, this one really disturbed me. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie After, um, but it's probably one of the worst uh, creations of cinema ever. And what makes it worse is it was actually originally a One Direction fan fiction that was turned into a book. And it was so popular that it was then turned into a movie. And there are multiple of those movies, but I refuse to watch them due to the fact that I might die uh, because of cringing. But I just thought it would be kind of fun since it originally was a book, but it then originally was a fan fiction. I thought it would be kind of cool. It would kind of like shake their shake them in the boots a little bit because it's not a book. It's a fan fiction, which is different because that is not a printed book. But then the evolution of it is just so beautiful. And although the movie's trash and truly traumatized me, and I watched it when I was very under the influence, so I don't even remember it, but it was really, all I remember is being disgusted and really not attracted to the main guy. So I thought that would be kind of fun. Um, next up, I have a Martha Stewart cooking book, preferably, post, <laughs> preferably post-prison. Um, I just thought that that would fit the vibe a little bit better because like Martha Stewart was America's sweetheart. And then she, um, uh, she was caught in a tax scandal and she took one for the team and went to the prison, which no other celebrity does because otherwise Donald Trump would be in prison. And so her, um, cooking book, I just thought that would bring a connection because I'm a chef and I thought we have a connection with that. And I thought it would kind of be fun to tie the whole look together would, would be me being in a prison uniform. I think that would really quick quick in the boots and I'll stop saying quick in the boots. Um, next up on my list is a tiger beat magazine. I don't know about you guys, but those fucking magazines were top tier and they always came with a friggin' poster of your favorite celebrity in it. And I was hoping to find specifically a Cody Simpson edition. Hopefully the specifically the pretty brown eyes song um cover i know there's one like that and pre eyes is only what i can describe as a fucking anthem and i just thought that kind of vibe you know in the you know they used to have the freaking the little quizzes in there where they'd be like are you a morning person or a night person and then you're like oh, i'm a night person and then you go to the next one and then they were like are you in love with nick or joe jonas you know the ones i'm talking about where you kind of like kept going down kept going down i wonder who i'm gonna get um so yeah also with that of course i'd be wearing my brown eye contacts because i don't have brown eyes but i still do believe that song was written about me and i also did sing it on the top of my lungs 
in between the episodes of Sweet Life as I and Cody when it was the commercials. What a fucking joke did Disney have us on, or the Family Channel, when they said it was commercials, but it was really just, like, songs, and you were like, oh, these are commercials, and then you grew up, and it was like, just kidding, it's all a marketing ploy. Next up, um, I would like a life-size cutout of Justin Bieber from his, um, I was gonna say, what's the fucking album called? My World? My World? I was gonna say Me Too. That's a different movement. Um, and from his Me Too, so the classic bowl cut white t-shirt with the purple vest hoodie. Um, and I didn't want to be dramatic and bring in a cutout because that would be kind of crazy. So just to have here written in specifics, fold, hamburger style, then hot dog, then back to hamburger, unfold the hamburger and then folded hot dog so hot dog style so that's just prep and that should bring it right down to book size uh next up uh shakespeare for dummies i don't know about you guys but the shakespeare books were friggin crazy i had no idea what he was saying and shakespeare's for dummies even though i never had a copy and i legally read it online was really a lifesaver um and i don't know if the teachers just don't think it exists but like you realize something wrong with the book when the entire class is purchasing a separate book to decode the book that you gave them like it's the fucking Da Vinci Code. Uh, of course, with that, I will be wearing a Shakespeare-inspired wig just to give me a couple of more inches to scare the Republicans. Um, next one, a copy of the Quizlet main page manual. Quizlet is a god. It is a blessed app. It is something that I genuinely um, can attest my entire life to, and I thought it'd be rude if I didn't include them. So Quizlet, opening page. I've never been to the opening page, but the opening page printed, and of course, black and white ink. I can't afford the color. And then I would have that and staple it just once. I would really love to hole punch it and wrap it in like a binding of a book, but I just don't have the time for that. So it would probably just be one are multiple staples because it may be multiple pages and the stapler that I have is from the dollar store and so I just don't know how many pages it can staple before it hits max. Um, next up is of course um, the Calling All the Monsters CDs. Now I wrote this before I had a deep hatred for China and McLean which I will be dedicating an entire episode to which may come up before this one or not or maybe after. Surprise you'll never know until it happens. But that song was just a Halloween classic. It's the only hol- it's actually the only holiday song that I will listen to. I hate Christmas music. Uh, I dislike any other kind of holiday music except for Calling All the Monsters and the Monster Mash. And so I thought if I could get that on CD, it would kind of be fun to just kind of have a, a vibe. Um, and then uh, next up, I have Teddy's Left Shoe, um, you know, from the song. Close my eyes, pick up, there it is, up on the roof, from uh, Good Luck Charlie. So if you guys, for those of you who don't know, Teddy tragically lost her left shoe in a tragic incident and it landed on the roof and was never recovered. And so I thought if I could recover that shoe and then have it to swear in with, I would gain the respect of the millennials and not millennials, the Gen Z and the youth. And also it would aggravate Amy, the mother who was a diehard Republican. And so I thought that that would really trigger her. Um, Next up, Danny Green's 2019 Raptors championship ring. Does he deserve it? Debatable. Is he going to get it? Probably never. And so if he's not going to collect it after these two years, I think that I deserve it. So thanks, Danny. I'll be taking that. I will take an exact replica made out of plastic um, because my budget isn't that big, um, depending on what kind of job I have. I don't know what um, I would be making in the House of Commons. Do they call it the House of Commons in the States? Probably not. But I don't know how much I'm making it. I don't know if I can afford to go and afford a heist to go steal Danny Green's championship ring. What a floater. Um, uh, next up, my old collection of silly bands. Uh, those were a huge part of my life. And me and my sister used to trade them like nobody's fucking business. And I just thought, wow, that would be super fun if I could find my collection, which is probably in a landfill, which was probably about 20 to 50 to 1,000 silly bands. And I could either swear on them or put them all onto my wrist until my entire arm gets cut off circulation 
And then with that, I can just, um, swear on my dying hand. Next up, a series of my Talese receipts. For those of you who don't know, I have a Talese addiction. I can't stop going. Uh, I'm obsessed with thrifting. My entire wardrobe has grown 10 sizes due to my obsession with Talese. And so just to rectify that behavior, I thought I would take all the receipts, um, that I had spent there for a thanks to Talese, but also, oh, a, oh my God, you spent so much money on Talese. And just a reminder that we're really climbing the ranks. Next up, Stormy Daniels' biography where she describes Donald Trump's penis. Spoiler alert, she describes it as a mushroom. And so I thought that... <laughs> I'm so sorry, I was really on a roll, but that gets me every time. And those of you don't know, I don't even know who Stormy Daniels is, really. I know that she had sex with Donald Trump and that his... She genuinely, deeply described his genitals. Um, and I just thought that nothing... Nothing would aggravate those more than, and I think that almost like I would have it open to the page that, um, she describes it. And you know how they maybe would open the Bible and have their favorite verse. Mine, I would open the biography or not. Is it called a biography when it's a book? What am I? A goddamn editor? Am I a publisher? That's the word I'm looking for. But I would love to have that open to that page. Next up, uh, this is something I need help with. There was a book that I read in the fifth grade in my French. So if any of you guys went to my school and or were in French, core French, in the Catholic school system, in the PDNC, DSSB school board, there was a book that my French teacher read and it was a story about this girl named Marie or something similar to that. And she had a friend in Paris named Pierre and she was going to visit him. And upon the way of the trip, she ran into a taxi driver uh, who was driving an auto. And she also ran into a capitaine who was driving a bateau. And then she also ran into somebody else. And then finally she ran into an alien riding a saucer. And his name was Zozo. So if any of you, <laughs> any of you guys, oh, I don't want to spoil the ending. But she did get to Paris and Pierre was back home in Canada prank of the century because they would both decide to visit each other at the same time absolute jokes but if any of you guys can find that book i will literally owe you my um left toe whichever one you want because that's worth some value uh next up i would like megan the stallion and cardi b's grand performance of wop on vhs preferably um, I just thought that all of the Republicans who hate that probably still have their VHS player or whatever it's called. Um, and I thought that that would bring them absolute trauma if I had a copy for each and every one of them. And I swore on like a stack of 55 VHS tapes of the Grammy performance and then proceeded to hand them out, out of a t-shirt gun. And so I would shoot it and then you get a, a VHS, you get a VHS, you get a VHS, and they're just dodging it. They're dodging the WAP, left, right, and center. Something they've never done in their life before because they're a crazy old white man. They're just dodging, dodging, dodging. Thought that would be a fun idea. Um, I also thought keep it simple, just a Planned Parenthood information package. Um, not package. Um, but uh, what's those thing called? The little foldy things. Pamphlet. Uh, I just thought that would really get my point across that I spent 20 minutes unplanned at the beginning of the episode and that's why I'm talking so quickly right now. Um, the next, um, my grade three Christmas play. I don't know the name of the play, but I did play a shepherd and my one line was <clears throat> joy. Uh, and it was after the person behind me, um, in front of or the person who talked before me said joy. I said joy. The person beside me said joy. And then that person said joy. So it was a kind of like a, a crescendo almost effect of joy, 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 joy to emphasize the word joy. And it's one of my best performances to the day. And I would really appreciate that on a USB stick, specifically the minion USB stick that I had in elementary school when you had to, to have your work on a USB stick because there wasn't Google Docs. And yes, Thank you for asking. I will be wearing the costume that I wore in the play to my oath swear-in, and it was indeed a pink fuzzy robe. So that's 
truth to the narrative of the story, but also keeps me comfy. Um, see, and now this one here is unfortunate because it says trumpet topper. And unfortunately, I don't know what that means. I can guarantee you it's a, um, a spelling injury or injury. Oh, a spelling error. But I, I cannot tell you what it's meant to be. But what I'm imagining whenever I hear trumpets is the Jason Derulo song, Trumpets. And so I guess I would bring that in with, uh, I preferably on a record, uh, just for a little bit of spice. Uh, I kind of, I mean, Jason Derulo uh, kind of have a vibe. Finally, uh, the last thing I would ever consider would just be a fat joint. Right? That would absolutely drive them up the wall. Anyways, uh, I hope you enjoyed it today with the podcast. It really inspired me to maybe get a flip phone. It's something, <laughs> something I've been considering for a while because I, as much as I love my iPhone, I would just think it would be so badass to have a flip phone on a clip that I wear on my pants and then someone's talking to me and I'm just like, oh, excuse me, sir, flip the phone and take the call and then slide it back into it. Now the problem, I do wear a lot of high-waisted leggings and I don't know how that's going to look with my flip phone being basically up in my upper abdomen area, but I think I can make it work. Um, preferably a Kia 8500 if I could source one. Uh, and hopefully I can view Instagram on that. If not, <laughs> I'm going to have a tough day. Um, anyways, I, I genuinely, you guys know, I appreciate you listening. Um, please, if I said anything offend you, I really did mean it. This is all jokes. This is all a little bit of fun, a little bit of spice. I'd like to say to the TikTok gods that are watching, please stop putting videos on my for you page of women wrapping their babies to their back and or their chest with a large um 10 foot long piece of cloth i know i watch them all the way through but it's simply to see where it's going because it starts off really rocky so take off you're watching please stop putting the please stop putting those on my for you page because i'm getting really sick of it those women look like they're crazy and i don't even like children let alone strapped to my back with a giant silk scarf. And finally, for those of you who have allergies, how does it fucking feel to know you can be taken out by a spoonful of peanut butter? (laughs) 